This is Latin Pulse, a weekly analysis of news and public affairs in Latin America. Brought to you in cooperation with American University's School of Communication in Washington, D.C. and Link TV. And now here's host, Rick Rockwell. Bienvenidos and welcome to Latin Pulse. This week, the spotlight shines on Uruguay. With its move to legalize marijuana, is Uruguay the most progressive country in the hemisphere? We'll search for answers, and we'll finish our series of discussions with that country's human rights ombudsman. But first, Kurt Devine is here with more on the marijuana proposal and the rest of this week's review of news from around Latin America. Uruguay's Chamber of Deputies passed a bill to legalize marijuana. The bill must be approved by the Senate before becoming law, but if passed, Uruguay's government could legally grow, harvest, distribute, and sell marijuana. President Jose Mujica says the bill would decrease the profits made by drug dealers and reduce consumption rates for more dangerous drugs. Deputy of the Conservative National Party, Jose Carlos Cardozo, explains his perspective of the bill. We have to think about how to change the current situation to eliminate the drug trafficking in the streets and drug distribution. This is a reality. To me, this appears to be the path to progress. If the law passes, buyers would have to register in a database and be over 18 years old to purchase marijuana. We'll have more on this story later in the program. The government of Honduras declared a state of emergency over an outbreak of dengue fever. The viral outbreak has killed at least 16 people and infected more than 12,000. Government officials say they have bolstered efforts to combat mosquitoes, which rapidly spread the infection. Symptoms of dengue include internal bleeding, severe headaches, rashes, and fevers. Honduras suffered its worst dengue outbreak in 2010 when 83 people died. One comment by Pope Francis filled international headlines this week. The Pope asked what right he has to judge homosexuals who profess faith in God. Speaking to the press aboard his flight leaving Brazil, Pope Francis said he would not judge gay priests based on their sexuality alone. Vatican experts say that although the pontiff used a compassionate tone toward gay priests, he did not stray from orthodox theology. Pope Francis also said he hopes to give women a larger role in the Catholic Church. Mexico's government is seeking to boost its economy with sweeping energy reform. President Enrique Peña Nieto says his plan for reform would attract private investors while boosting exports through constitutional changes. Members of the opposition conservative party, the PAN, also support opening up the oil sector, which is now operated by the state monopoly Pemex. Mexico's economy currently ranks as the second largest in Latin America. Mexican ambassador to the U.S., Medina Mora, spoke about Mexico's economic growth this week at the Inter-American Dialogue in Washington, D.C. Mexico has undergone a tremendous transformation over the past few decades. And today, we are on our way to becoming a major player and an active leader in the global arena. Some have called our current situation the Mexican moment. Ambassador Medina went on to say that Mexico's economic growth has not occurred due to change, but rather due to specific macroeconomic policies. He cited low inflation and broad market stability as evidence. Despite growth, the Mexican government confirmed this week that 53.3 million of its citizens live below the poverty line. That's more than 47% of the 112 million people who live in Mexico. 
A three-year investigation into the collapse of a mine in Chile closed this week without holding anyone responsible. The San Jose mine collapsed in 2010, trapping 33 people a half mile underground for 69 days. The cause of the collapse remains unknown. For Latin Pulse, I'm Kurt Devine. Thanks, Kurt. Uruguay's President Jose Pepe Mujica says he's never tried marijuana, but he wants his country to be in the vanguard of proving legalization is a step toward fighting the illegal drug cartels. We spoke with Gabriela Santini, an anchor and reporter with Uruguay's national television network, Teledose, not just about the proposed marijuana law, but also other new laws that have people worldwide paying attention to Uruguay. She joined us via Skype from Montevideo. It was approved after a 13-hour uh, debate, so and it, it was a very emotional debate too because it was approved with the vote of the ruling Frente Amplio congressmen, even though one of them had threatened to vote against it, against the bill, until last minute. So uh, we have to be very um, paying attention to, to that. And as you say... And when you say the Frente Amplia, that, that would, would that be uh, President Mujica's uh, party? Or, yes, or, yes. yes. It's, it's a ruling party right now. And you can translate that, translate, translate the, the, the party name as a broad front, something like that. And um, if the Senate passes the bill, as it is expected, because they have the majority there, Uruguay will be the first country to legalize the production, distribution, and sale of marijuana for adult consumer, of course. Do you foresee that they will run into problems in the Senate? Um, well, okay, let me tell you how this project was born. Because the marijuana legalization proposal was put forward by President Mujica of the ruling Frente Amplio as a part of a package aimed to fight crime and public insecurity. So this was the beginning because the government basically believes that the recent increase in murders rates was related to drug traffic and that this bill was a way to fight against it. The president also think that this bill will prevent marijuana consumers from being exposed to harder uh, drugs available in the illicit market. And, um, and I have to explain you some, something that is important. I mean, in Uruguay, uh, it has been legal to consume marijuana, but it was against the law to sell it or to buy it or even to produce it. So uh, I think this bill, or one of the aims of this bill, was to eliminate this legal contradiction. And there was other stuff, like, for instance, the, the idea of remove uh, the profits from drug dealers and use that money in education and treatment and prevention of problematic uh, drug use. Of course, uh, the opposition, because the whole opposition votes against the bill, um, said that different, uh, argued different uh, things. For instance, they said that um, in no country in the world has the consumption of drugs been reduced through legalization. And uh, they also said that maybe marijuana could be a gateway drug to consume other harder drugs. drugs. And they also announced that they will launch a um, referendum to overturn it, this, this bill. So, uh, as you see, uh, this, uh, this bill or this proposal, of this Mujica proposal, um, create a lot of debate. What is the potential when it comes to the Senate in its passage? Uh, the Frente Amplio said that they have the 16 votes that they need 
to approve this 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 law. So the main question was yesterday in the house in the house of uh, in the lower uh, house of uh, representative of the chamber of the parliament. So that's why uh, the session of yesterday was so important. You, you mentioned that there's a potential, even if this passes, and the president, of course, signs it, that later down the line, that conservatives may try to repeal this. There, there is the possibility of repeal. Yeah. Um, there have been other controversial laws passed in Uruguay in the in the past several years that the conservatives have have tried to yes. repeal. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of the uh, of the abortion law, which is also yeah. fairly liberal for Latin America. Yes. Yes, because there is something important. This, this project had its ups and downs. Because, uh, for instance, President Mujica has postponed the voting for six months to give like the supporters more time to rally uh, public opinion. Why? Because the polls said that two-thirds of the Uruguayan still remain opposed to the bill. So we are not so progressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like uh, people in general, 63% of the people is against the project and just 26 support it because um, just 27 or 28% believe that it's a good way to find narco-traffic. Remember, that was the, 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 the purpose of the law, to, law, to, to fight um, the public insecurity. That is one of the most uh, important things right now, right now for Uruguayans. Indeed, murder rates have been going up in Uruguay for the past mm-hmm. decade, um, but yet also compared to your neighbors and compared to the rest of Latin America, I believe the total is six murders out of 100,000, which which makes Uruguay's rate one of the safest places in Latin America. Yes, yeah, sh- sure. That's what figure says. But, uh, you know, the feeling here, it's another one. You put on the table this issue of how progressive is Uruguay? Well, we, mm-hmm. we've seen very recently that um, same-sex marriage is, is approved mm-hmm. in, in Uruguay, that mm-hmm. um, abortion laws um, seem to be um, similar to what they are currently in the United States, and, and Uruguay is only the second country in Latin America besides yeah. Cuba that, uh, that allows abortion. And, of course, now we have the marijuana law where, where Uruguay might be the, the first country in the entire world to make mm-hmm. this legal. And, and I guess some people would would question whether Uruguay is becoming a, a progressive experiment. I think the question about why we decide uh, to pass these bills is more maybe suitable for a sociologist. But as a journalist, I can tell you that the left in Uruguay have always in its agenda um, the gay marriage and legal abortion and equality rights in general. And it's fair also to recognize that there were a lot of NGOs which fight for it also. If historically speaking, maybe um, something important to say is that state and religion have been separated from a long time in Uruguay. And we always have liberal social laws. For instance, we have a very... We had a very early divorce law. Women had rights to vote really early in the history. And we also have like a demo- democratic tradition and we value that. And for a long time, we have a very advanced education that we were proud of. So maybe this could be the, some of the reasons why we have all these uh, bills. Um, regarding to legalization of marijuana market, 
there are other considerations, I think, also. There was, of course, or there are, of course, an international context that helped um, a group, as you may know, a group of former presidents and influential social figures like the, the uh, former president Enrique Cardo, uh, Fernando Enrique Cardoso, the Mexico Ernesto Sedillo, and ex-Colombian ex ex-leader César Gaviria have, have called for the legalization of marijuana also. And um, the Organization of American States uh, told, they were here in Uruguay a few weeks ago and told uh, the politicians that they have no objection to this proposal, basically. So I think um, we are not alone with this kind of uh, experiment that you like it to call it. Yes, not alone, but we certainly don't see Brazil or Mexico, uh, two of the countries yeah. that you mentioned, former presidents of moving in, in this direction and as, as forcefully as Uruguay. And, and maybe uh -huh. they're watching you to see how things turn out. Yeah, let's see. But along the lines of what's going on with marijuana now, um, mm -hmm. this seems to parallel what happened with abortion rights. Last fall, um, the abortion law was passed. And, and wasn't there recently an attempt to repeal the law? And, and it failed, did it not? Yes, it did. Um, basically, the legal abortion was approved in, approved in 2012, and it basically allows, uh, allows um, legal abortion until two weeks of pregnancy. And um, legal abortion in Uruguay has a long story because in 2008, the Senate passes a bill about it, but the bill was vetoed by the president. Uh, but by then, but by the person who was then um, Tabaré Vázquez. Tabaré Vázquez is a physician, and he didn't. Uh, he's, he was against the the legal abortion, so he he took this decision. But finally, in 2012, with the presence of Mujica, uh, the bill was passed, and some, as you say, some tried to overturn it with a referendum, but the promoters of this idea didn't get enough, enough uh, support to allow a plebiscit. Let me clarify. What, what is legal for a woman who wants to have an abortion in, in Uruguay? Um, uh -huh. is, it, is it 12 weeks? That is generally the accepted term in the United States, or, or is it a different amount of weeks that are, are allowed? No, it's 12 weeks, yes. 12 week, weeks. There is also a process that you have to go through in order to make a legal abortion. Uh, you have to, to, to have a time to think, like four days, and you have to talk to a committee with physician and gynecology and psychology. So it's not, um, it's not just the... Um, I mean, you have to do certain stuff in order to... to, 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 to to, to have an abortion. There may be more hurdles than in the United States or Cuba, but certainly that there are, again, by comparison, countries in, in Latin America where abortion is completely illegal, even, mm -hmm. even to save the life of the mother. Yeah, of course. Uh -huh. yes. we, we would be remiss if we, if we don't talk about same-sex marriage. Um, yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, that is a law that is even more liberal than here in the United States. Um, does that debate also mirror what's happened with these other two um, social laws? 
Uh, it generates a, a certain debate, but as I told you, the fact that the state and religion are separated or have been separated for such a long time, I think helps. In fact, the, the bill was supported by different political parties. Um, not, not only, you know, the, the Frente Amplio or the, the left. And um, in fact, since tomorrow, uh, couples of the same sex who want to get married can register in the civil office as any other heterosexual couple because the the, um, the law was approved in April, but they can um, they can definitely do it by the end of this month. So by the end of August. Yes. Yes, exactly. Sorry, by the end of August, yes. It is expected that the first gay marriage will celebrate it at the end of, of, of August. Basically, what, what this bill did uh, was, the, the name of the bill is Marriage Equality Bill, and basically the only thing that it did was to change the words husband and wife for spouses, which, al- which allowed the marriage between people uh, of the same sex. Didn't the Catholic Church come out and try to fight this in Uruguay? Yes, of course. Uh, they they were against uh, abortion. They were uh, against the um, same-sex marriage. And, of course, they were um, against the um, legalization of the marijuana market. And, and so thank you, Gabriela Santini, an anchor and reporter with Uruguay's Teledose, joining us today via Skype from Montevideo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A man is found guilty of trafficking Brazilian women to the UK to make them work as prostitutes. The head of an international trafficking network is jailed in Romania, and three people are sent to prison in America for operating a Mexican baby smuggling ring. Human traffickers trick and deceive their victims, but by joining forces we can bring these criminals to justice. Support the United Nations Global Initiative to Fight Human Trafficking, ungift.org. Welcome back to Latin Pulse. This week, we provide the third and final part of our discussions with Juan Raul Ferreira, the human rights ombudsman of Uruguay. In this conversation, he discussed the new laws shaping Uruguay and the challenges ahead. Uruguay is, is, is very committed to the respect of the Constitution. Yet, Uruguayan citizens who live abroad have the constitutional right to to express their preference in national elections. But that has never been instrumented. That needs to be organized. The electoral court has to take provisions, the consular system open, and that never happened. There are countries like Paraguay that reform the constitution to to grant this, this right to people that did not have it. Now, we had it and never implemented it. So uh, basically the argument was, how can a country so committed to its constitution have one article that has been sleeping since the constitution was approved? One of the stories we we covered uh, very briefly recently um, is the fact that Uruguay is um, one of the countries like Argentina that is now going to have same-sex marriage legalized in the country. Um, what are your thoughts about that as well, we had, a we had, See, we one of our responsibilities is uh, advise Congress, and uh, we started working this issue almost the the very day that 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 the the office was opened. 
same-sex marriage. Yes, yes. Um, all the issues are linked to to um, uh, gender equality, and uh, sex marriage was 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 an important issue, and the debate had already been installed in Uruguayan society. So we're very happy, very proud, but. Let me let me share with you this this impression. I was surprised by the large margin of vote it was approved, because we recognize that it's a delicate issue and that there is a lot of pressure from certain churches and and that some people do not believe in this and even people believe it's a sin. So it's difficult. It's sensitive. I was surprised. By the large margin, 79 in 99 in Congress. It was a tremendous uh, vote in favor of the egalitarian uh, marriage. But the other thing that uh, impressed me a lot is the respect with which the minority took the resolution of the majority. In Argentina, it passed in Congress but the wound is very open. In Uruguay, there was an attempt by a Catholic bishop to reopen the debate after legislation had passed, and those who had voted against said, Parliament has said what it had to say. This is over. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that we had such a large majority in favor of equality, but also of the reaction of the minority. In the past year, we've also seen Uruguay legalize abortion in a way like no other Latin American country other than maybe Cuba allows. Um, What does this Um, say about advances for gender equality in Uruguay? I I prefer to call it depenalized than, 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 than... I mean, nobody is for abortion. Nobody likes abortion. Nobody thinks it's a, it's a happy thing, you know. And, and, and women who have to make the decision are probably those that are more aware of how painful and difficult the decision and the period after the decision is made. Now, to penalize that, first of all, uh, does not solve the problem. And second of all, it has caused in Uruguay many deaths because people had to do this in an illegal manner, in illegal clinics that exploded from an economic point of view where uh, health care is free in Uruguay. So uh, this was an issue that, a pending, a pending issue in a country that, that, that that wants to bring back human rights as a as a society's paradigm. I'm not surprised that all these things came together almost at the same time because uh, all rights are so linked together that when you make progress in one of them, you make progress in all of them. And 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 there's also a contagious uh, uh, enthusiasm when you see somebody who's been struggling for his rights in this area succeeds. Well, I'm going to make my own effort too. 
So I'm not surprised all these things uh, uh, came at the at the same time. We have a country with severe problems that that's a pending issue in terms of uh, conditions in in jails, and that 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 that's uh, my office responsibility to not only uh, solve problems when they happen, but prevent uh, inhuman treatment. And we have had cases of young people and old women who spent time in prison, in overpopulated prisons, because they had marijuana plants in their gardens. And... uh, well, fortunately, this this absurd came came to an end, and we have opened a discussion. It has not been more than that, but I think it's very important on whether, see, the, the consumption of drugs is not penalized in Uruguay. The traffic, the selling, the the, the, the business. But we have opened the discussion of the, if the best way to combat uh, organized crime around drugs is penalization or legalization. I think it's a very, I have my own uh, personal opinion, I think. Uh, well, the, the, the Congress has, has talked about legalizing marijuana. Yeah. And, and so tell us your thoughts about that and maybe your personal opinion. Then. Well, um, each year the world spends more money in the war against uh, drug traffic consumption increases, crime increases, and results are negative, and more money is spent in, 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 in this war, and the war is becoming more and more inhuman. You have to get to know, you know, the roads in the interior of Mexico or, you know, Mexicali, Tijuana, Colombia, and uh, so, so uh, I heard this the OAS secretary say say once, well, if it's a good business, the best way to start fighting against it is make it not make it less profitable, make it spoil the business. This doesn't mean, and I think. The media in, in Uruguay and worldwide has confused the issues. It's not to promote the consumption of drugs, but it's to take out of the problem the organized crime created because it's illegal to, to, for the cons- consumer to, to get the drug. I think the bill presented by the Uruguay government is... is is interesting. We've listed these things, gender equality, abortion rights, um, decriminalization of drugs, and the legalization of marijuana. All of these things together make Uruguay a very progressive and forward-looking country in the hemisphere. How is it that Uruguay has come to this state when other countries, other neighbors, are not in the same place? Well, I, I'm not sure I have the answer for that, but... Uh we have had in the past pros and cons and ups and downs. And at one point during the years of the military governments, 
we were probably, because it's a small country, the figures are not impressed in, in too much, but but one out of 5,000 Uruguayans were in jail. I think the 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 inheritance of, of those years and the civil society organizations that have kept uh, memory alive have been very important to make these progresses. Thank you, Juan Raul Ferreira, the human rights ombudsman for Uruguay and former ambassador between Uruguay and Argentina, our guest today on Latin Pulse. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Latin Pulse is available in various locations on the web, including iTunes, Facebook, Hente Flow, and Musica Q. If you'd like to comment on this program, you may leave us a message online via SoundCloud, or you may write us via email. You can find us at latinpulse at gmx.com. That's latinpulse, all one word, at gmx.com. To see the Latin Pulse archives of video programs on Latin America, you can check out Link TV's website, www.linktv, all one word, .org, and then forward slash Latin Pulse, also all one word. That's www.linktv.org forward slash Latin Pulse. Thanks for joining us this week on Latin Pulse. For our entire team, associate producer Kurt Devine, production assistant Alexia Campbell, and announcer Victor Kilo, I'm Rick Rockwell. Escuchenos otra vez. Gracias por su tiempo. Latin Pulse is sponsored by the Center for Latin American and Latino Studies at American University. The program is produced at the university's School of Communication with the support of Link TV. Theme music provided by Link TV with additional music from Canary Productions and Bath Time Music Publishing. This program is copyright 2013, Las Rocas Productions. <laughs> <laughs>